Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And welcome back to She Say, She Say Sports. Today joining me is sports writer for the New Orleans Advocate, Rod Walker. How you doing, Rod? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on, Sonny. Hey, thank you for joining me. Um, just to, um, I've actually known Rod for probably over 20 years. We were church members and both graduated from Layman's Bible School. Rod was number three in the class. I was 16, and that was only because I was finishing <laughs> my undergrad degree. <laughs> I was thinking you were like, I was thinking you were like number four. I couldn't remember. I was actually trying to think back to that, but okay. I was 16. My sister was six. Remember when I beat okay. you guys on a test and y'all started competing with me? <laughs> so <laughs> I, was, I was like, I mean, my sister was like the smart one out of the three of us. And, you know, so that really bothered her that I made 108 and y'all made 103 or something. I don't know. but <laughs> I was always pretty competitive like that in school. I had these girls that I was always, um, we were always comparing scores. And, um, yeah, it was that's just kind of how I was growing up. I lost yeah. a spelling bee in the, I lost a spelling bee in the second grade to this girl named Celeste Brown, and um, it was the first time I had ever lost, and I started crying. And everybody was like, "Why are you crying?" And I was like, "I, I feel like I had let the boys down." So, oh, um, yeah. so I've been like that like my whole life. It just <laughs> <laughs> that is, I never knew that. So you you felt like you let the boys down. Yeah, because it was always like boys against the girls, and uh, oh, yeah, and so I lost to a girl, and I was. Yeah, so I started crying. Do you remember the word that? Yeah, the word. Yeah, the word was emergency. Wow. So you, ne- yeah. I bet you, you remember every time you hear that word, you think about. I that think word. about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like tweeting about it whenever I see like the when the ESPN shows like the National <laughs> Spelling Bee or whatever it's called. Um, I always like kind of retell that story about Celeste Brown. And Celeste and I were like really good friends growing up, and um, she's yeah, she's a therapist and um, how did Dallas and doing really well. So that is so cool. Well, I actually lost in the spelling bee too. My word was celery, and I was thinking salary, and I didn't ask them to, you know, um, yeah. give it, um, a definition or a sentence. But yeah, so yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah, it's kind of funny how people always uh, like remember those those words that they lost in spelling bee. Because I've told my story, and like I hear all these other people saying, "Yeah, I remember when I lost to so and so, and I couldn't spell." And that word sticks with you, like, for the rest of your life. So. For the rest of your life. I will never, every time I see celery or bite, yep. you know, I, I instantly think of that moment. Right. That I never knew that. That is so <laughs> I never, oh, Celeste Brown. But, yeah. um, and Rod also um, helped me get my first intern, sports intern at JSU. He connected me with my first sports mentor, Wesley, uh, Wesley Peterson. So, Thank you for that again. I'm, I'm always indebted to you for that because that was a great experience and, you know, like my first time actually working in sports. Right. So that was exciting for me. Yeah. I actually ran across Wes's name on Facebook the other day. It was only a little, you know, it says people you may know or something. And I, I almost like forgot about Wes. I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's doing now. So, yeah, anyway. he's, he's at UAB now. Um, okay. He's back in Birmingham. You know, that's where he's from. Uh, he was from there, right. 
Mm-hmm. So he's okay. doing well. I actually talked to him probably maybe a week ago. We talked two, three hours, of course, sports and, you know, whatever. So, yeah, but he's doing well. So, right. well, Rod, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself that I haven't already told. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I've, I'm in, I live in New Orleans now, which you mentioned, and I started writing sports at the Clarion Ledger back in, I guess, full-time in 2003, and I mm-hmm. stayed there for about 10 years, and then I made the move to New Orleans. But, you know, prior to – a lot of people don't really know this story, but prior to writing sports, I was in engineering, and that's when I got my degree in from Mississippi State. And um, I did that for about six years, and uh, – I just didn't really have a passion for it. I mean, the money was great, obviously, in engineering, but I just wasn't happy going to work every day. I mean, waking up and going to work every day. So, right. Uh, I started working at part time at the Clarion Ledger while I was um, doing engineering at this place in Pelahatchee that supplied parts for General Motors. So, anyway, I was mm-hmm. working at the Clarion Ledger, and I was just all I was doing was taking scores on the phone, like, like after a high school game people would call to report, you know, the scores of the game. And I was just, like, typing in the scores and who scored the touchdowns and for basketball, mm-hmm. who scored the most points. So that's how I got my foot in the door. And then um, <clears throat> they started letting me um, just write a little bit, uh, just go out and cover a few games on the, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. freelance. And so I did that. And then um, I guess it's around 2000, the Clarion Letter started this, this little small paper in Madison County called the Madison County Herald, and it came out like three days a week. And they said, hey, you want to be the sports writer? And um, so I decided to do it. And it was like a big pay cut. <laughs> I mean, I went from engineering to writing for this really small newspaper. And uh, right. that's how I got my foot in the door. And I just started there. And so I stayed there for two, two and a half years at the Madison County Herald. And then an opening came at the Clarion Ledger. And I, I went there and kind of took off from there. And uh, so that's kind of my background. I decided to... <laughs> Do something I have a passion for instead of just, you know. Right. I went to school and took all those math courses in engineering for nothing, basically, because I don't use any of that stuff right now. Right. I mean, but that's interesting because I thought I remembered you being an engineer by trade. Yeah. But, yeah, and right. I was going to ask you, so, I mean, I, so did you always have a passion for sports? And yeah. That, or, yeah. Or, okay. Because in high school, um, because you played basketball, didn't you? No, I played baseball. Baseball, okay. I, I got cut from the basketball team in junior high. I never tried out again. And I really oh. thought I should have made the team, but, you know, I guess everybody thought they should have made the team. But right. It, it sort of scarred me, like, for a long time. But um, I played baseball in high school, and I was the sports editor of our high school newspaper. And I won, like, journalism awards in high school and had, like, a journalism scholarship, this minority scholarship I won my senior year and. It's like seven hundred and fifty dollars or something, which probably would buy you two books. Oh wow! <laughs> but, uh, right. Um, so I used that little scholarship, but I didn't. I didn't major in journalism, but it was your first year, so you didn't really have to even declare a major at that point. But um, mm-hmm. so I mean, I, I always used to write, and so it was kind of my yeah. That was kind of my thing, I guess, was writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I won my first writing contest in the first grade. Uh, the library in Yazoo City had this writing contest, and I wrote this paper called Why I Want to Be a Fireman. And mm. uh, I don't know why I want to be a fireman right now, I think <laughs> back on it, but that's what I wrote. That's what I wanted to do that day. And um, uh, that I, day. <laughs> yeah. And 
So anyway, I had, yeah, and that was the first thing I ever won, and I've kind of been writing ever since. So that is interesting. Wow, I never knew that. I that's very interesting. And this guy is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to sports. Really, almost anything musically, which shocked me. Um, <laughs> we we are both huge Prince fans. And but on the the other night it was a challenge with um, Babyface and um, Teddy Riley on IG. It was just some type of battle that they had, and they were going back and forth with their hits. And Rod and I both agreed that Babyface won. I mean Teddy is the king. He is the king of New Jack Swing. I'll be sure Bobby Guy. Dougie Fresh, you know, he, you know, a lot of people don't even know that he wrote, you know, the show was his right. song. He was a right. teenager when he wrote that song. Right. And what's, but Babyface is Babyface. He is a amazing lyricist. And he, he just got classics, hit after hit. It's so many kids made off of Babyface music. <laughs> so, yeah. Babyface so was like my freshman year of college, uh, and that was um, 89, um, like that. His Tender Lover album had just come out, and I think I played that album every. It's like the soundtrack of my freshman year of college. I think that was, that was like, yeah. yeah. I, even to this day, I still listen to that album. Like, I mean, I listen to it like once a month, probably. I mean, it's just yeah, that was just really. Yeah, I mean, I, like if I'm making a road trip or something, I'm usually gonna throw that on. That's it's in my top five for sure. So. Absolutely, I mean, uh, yeah, he he is amazing, and I've seen him in concert twice. And he puts on no three times. He puts on a very good show. So yeah, he does. And really he'll good. go back and he'll go back and do even you know some of the other songs that he wrote for other people. I love and, that. Uh, yeah, and that was like the bit. Yeah, I, so I think I saw so him. Many at, songs. Yeah, so many. Yeah, yeah. He he's amazing. But it was I, those two hours finally when they was able to do it. It was great. I, I really right. enjoyed it. So. So, yeah, well, now, unless you were under a rock, everyone knew about the docuseries The Last Dance was moved up from June of this year to April 19th due to the postponing of sports because of COVID-19. It had over 6.1 million viewers. So I guess everybody was watching it (laughs) for the most part. I was thrilled about it, Rod, not only because I wanted to see something about sports, but because, you know, I'm a Bulls and a Michael Jordan fan. Right. I've been a Bulls fan since I was five, a Michael Jordan fan since he was in North Carolina. I was 12. And I was with the Bulls during their lean years and when they won their first ring. And as you know, the Bulls went on to win five more rings, building a dynasty that still is being talked about today, hence the docuseries. That docuseries was named The Last Dance, last dance I'm sorry, because of Hall of Famer and former coach of the Bulls, Phil Jackson, regarding his last season with the Bulls. Right. What was your take on the part on part one and two of the docu series? I thought it was excellent. Um, <clears throat> I'm like you. I mean, I actually Dr. J was my favorite, my first favorite player. But then I became, a, and then I became a big Jordan fan, and um, and then Pippen's actually probably in my top players too. I mean, I was a really big fan of his too. But uh, mm-hmm. I thought the series was excellent, and um, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that I mean, I had sort of. You knew some of those stories right. a little bit, but just kind of, you know, they sort of went into a little, you know, more specifics uh, on a couple of things, uh, especially, you know, you talk about, you know, Scotty's contract and that situation. But I just thought the series was, and it was just the first two parts, and I think it's going to get even better, which is kind of hard to imagine. But I just thought it was really well done. And you, even when you think about 
just some of the music they incorporated into it, like, you know, they had I Ain't No Joke and um, I know. And, and I'm Bad, <laughs> you know, LL's I'm Bad. I mean, that it was, was just, perfect. It was, like, perfect, yeah. I mean, it's like they just knew exactly where to put those songs. And, you know, I wish I, I wish they could have put some more songs in it maybe, but I just thought it was just really well done. And, uh, you know, I mean, they've, I guess, mm-hmm. been sitting on this for, what, 22 years. So, I mean, it's, yeah. Um, you go back that long, and um, they've had time to, to really work on this, and they do, they've done a really good job with it so far. And I know it's going to only get better. And you know, we haven't even really got into the we dynamics with, with, with Dennis Rock. Yeah, I mean, it's just so oh, much stuff. Wait. Yeah, just so many things they'll they'll get a chance to hit on. So, so you you know what was interesting, like you said, it was a because you know, I mean, because of me being around that, well, us being around in that era, and then I was a fan of the Bulls and Mike. I, like you said, we knew most of the stuff that was going on, but a lot of stuff with the front office, I did not know. Right. And the front office right. of the Bulls have always left a bad taste in my mouth, especially the last 10 or 15 years. It's like it's like they want them to fail and probably trying to get the number one draft or, you know, getting in the first round like they were trying to do after drafting MJ. I didn't know that until the show. You, you know, when they were saying um, Mike was like they're pretty much trying to – even though we were winning, we weren't playoff winning. And right. so they wanted to keep it that way so they can keep getting, I guess, another MJ is what they were trying to do, I'm thinking. Yeah, so, I mean, they have – I mean, it's obvious that their management was <laughs> pretty bad, and it's been bad for a long time, like you said. Oh, my and, uh, God. It's yeah, and then, yeah, and just hearing the part about Scotty on the bus, you know, like just kind of, <laughs> I guess, saying stuff to, you know, to the GM, I mean, that was kind of – I didn't really, I mean, I don't think any of us knew about that, you know, just how Scotty was talking to him. But uh, I think it was probably deserved. I mean, I understand, I think we all understand Scotty's, um, his his anger and frustrations with that organization, so. And, and, you know, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you. I mean, like, they teased him quite a bit, especially MJ. But yeah. I think they started doing it because of what was going on in the front office, and we didn't know. We didn't know what was going on. So, but I think when they, what made me, when you know, when they said Scotty belittled him and cursed him out on the bus, and and I, you know, I was going to ask you, did you think it was warranted? And you said yes. I felt a little sorry for him in a sense because, and let, let's look at it from this point of view, and and you can see it even on the show. Kraus pretty much wanted to belong. I think he was that kid yeah. when we were younger wanted to play sports but was too short, didn't have the talent, and then all of a sudden you become a GM of Chicago Bulls. And so now you you, you place players on the floor and you can take them off. you got the power to do this now. So I think that had a lot to do with what was going on. It was a power play, you know, Napoleon Syndrome, um, if you will, with him. And then on the flip side, Michael, you know, when Mike, you know, when he, because he dealt with the bull crap with the front office, when he left the Bulls and went with the Wizards, became the president of operations at the Wizards, and then, you know, ultimately becoming the owner, I think he was like, no one will ever control me like that again. And you know how he is anyway, how intense he is. So I think. He wanted to get in the front office because it's like I, I've been a player, so I know how it feels, you know, to be dealt with the way they've been doing. So I think he wanted to have the control at that point. But, yeah, it was 
it was pretty rough. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's, um, we they just. You know, even I've listened to like some Steve Kerr interviews um, over the past couple of days, and you know, he said even you know, he said the players, pretty much all the players felt like Scotty was being, you know, disrespected and not, you know, they didn't take care of him like they should have. You know, I, I was looking back at that that season when Scotty was the 102nd, 122nd highest. Yeah, and the, the top three players getting paid that year it was Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, and Horace Grant was the third highest player in the league that year, which is. <laughs> pretty incredible when you think about yeah, how, how much you know what Scotty had done for that team, and and even the year after um, when Jordan left to, to play baseball, Scotty was third in MVP that next season behind um, Elijah Wan and David Robinson. So I mean, it tells you that I mean just how much how valuable Scotty was, and I know they weren't really big on re- redoing contracts, but I mean I think that Scotty had done so much that they probably should have you know taking care of him somehow. I mean, even if, even if it wasn't the norm for them, they should have found a way and said, okay, we need to take care of Scotty. But, you know, that's that's management. And, <laughs> you know, different people have different styles. And as a result of that, I mean, the Bulls have sort of struggled, you know, for the most part since, you know, for the past then, few right. years. Yeah. But, but so. you know, okay, I read a few posts after the show, and everybody was like, there Michael again, being selfish, about calling Scotty. First of all, a lot of people don't know. Mike did not make a lot of money until the last season being with right. the Bulls. Right. And they don't know that. They thinking Michael, if you think about it, MJ was MJ back then. So he had endorsements with Haynes, Gatorade, Nike, McDonald's, WorldCom. So all of the bulk of his money came from country endorsements. endorsements right, yeah. It did yeah. not come from the Bulls. He made that $33 million the last year he was with them. He was right. making probably $3.3 million Okay, so so look, okay, I you know I, I was reading up on this because you know I mean a lot of people always feel like I I'm biased towards him, and I probably am, but I I have proof because I remember him not making any money, and I'm like, why aren't they right. paying them? But the salary cap was so so different back then, right? And when Scotty he negotiated he negotiated that contract without any leverage. He negotiated with outdated information. His deal was $18 million over five years. But because the Bulls, they had him sign. They were smart. They had him sign it earlier, which was during the 91 NBA Finals. And this allowed the Bulls to front load the deal. And they put, they put like $1.6 million on his 90-91 salary, and the $18 million was then spread over seven years. So when it was just $18 million at five, he was getting probably like $3.6 million a year. When they spread right. it over seven seasons, then it, he lost a million, a million plus. And so now Jerry Reinsdorf was like, you know, I told him I didn't think that was a good deal. Okay, but why? I mean, they did him wrong, period. I, yeah. I mean, no Vaseline, and I, you know what I mean. They <laughs> did him completely wrong. I, I, you know, think about it. This dude, he comes, you know, from a poor family. Right. There is, you know, a huge poor family. Twelve. I did not know it was twelve kids. I knew it was a yeah, big family. I didn't, I didn't know yeah. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know it was a big family, and that part was, yeah. And, and you understand why Scotty had to, why he jumped on that. I mean, this is exactly a kid from he, Arkansas who ain't never had nothing. So he ain't never had yeah, nothing. And eighteen. Yeah. When you say you're gonna make eighteen million dollars, that's a lot of money, especially for ni- nineteen ninety. 
Right, right. But you're not looking at the facts. So I'm like, who was his agent? Who who were his people for him? But he probably was like, no, nah, I'm going to go ahead and take it. I ain't never seen this much money in my life. And, right. you know, but it's, yeah, it, do you think Michael could have did more on behalf, Scott, I mean, on his behalf? I he think in a, a lot of money. Right, I was going to say, and I think in a, maybe on some other teams they, maybe so, but I just think with that team, and with that management, I don't know if I don't even know how much pull Michael would have had to to, to be able to get that done. But um, right. obviously, the fans would have been on their side if they had decided to, I don't know, do something to try to help Scotty. But um, yeah, it, it was just a just a bad situation for a team that had a you know a really good run and you know probably I know best dynasty that we'll ever see. So, do you think that Jerry Ryan's could have did more? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, yeah, he was I mean, an owner. He's an owner. Yeah, he can he can do whatever he wants to do. And <laughs> so I don't really understand like what. I mean, I don't know if they were just frugal or what, or they just thought. I don't know. I don't know what the what the thinking was behind. It. And you know, maybe as we get to some of these other episodes, maybe they'll dive in more to that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And I was looking at, I was trying to figure out who Scotty's representatives were back then. And one of them was Jimmy Sexton, and Jimmy's like one of the top agents in sports right now. I mean, he, he represents Nick Saban and a lot of these SEC coaches, and he's kind of switched over more to, to football. But uh, that was in his early days, and I guess he didn't really, you know, maybe didn't know he probably didn't. outside of it back then. Yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. And that's, like I said, that salary cap, cap was so, so different back that's then. Right, I, right. They, and when he signed, when they got him to sign that, that contract during the playoffs, that one, that one, that it was like I think it was a 1.6 million left on the table. They left that for Tony Kukoc. Right. You remember they brought him in. Yeah, they brought him. So yeah. You know, so they they were very like you say. I don't know if they were frugal or just they were just. I don't know. It was they are horrible. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Do you think when Scotty waited to have his surgery late, was he being selfish? Uh, and not being able to play the first part of the season. I don't know if I think it was. I don't know. I'm, I'm like one of these people that I'm always for the players getting their money because I just think the players are they're the ones who they're doing the work. So uh, that's a tough question. I don't know if I. I, don't, I didn't, when I saw it, like I wasn't mad at Scotty at all. I was like, yeah, Me get your money. But that, that's just because. And I like I said, I was a Scotty guy too. I mean, he was like one of my favorite players as well. So um, I understood it. I mean, if you want to be the all, this, all about the team, if you want to be that kind of person, and yeah, I can see you saying that. But to me, Scotty was um, just looking out for his own best interest, and um, I felt like he, you know, I felt like he did that. It, and it didn't end up hurting the team because they ended up, you know, winning 60 games that year and, and making the, you know, and, and winning it all. So, right. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah I, mean, I think he, he made he, his point. Yeah, he made his point, and, and they still they won. So. Right. <laughs> they needed yeah. him bad, and um, it's just amazing to me. I, I, I agree with you. I'm for the players. Um, he deserved to get more money, and, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, he, he does have to take part of the blame because he did sign the contract, and the owner did tell him, I don't think this is a good deal for you, you know, but 
you know, like you said, coming from a poor background like that, you know, you just, he was able to buy his mom a house. I'm sure he was living well. You know, the cost of living is not that high in Chicago, especially during that time. So, you know, he did, you know, he was decent, but, you know, he could, he definitely should have gotten more. Absolutely. And again, this is the early 90s, and I mean, that. That's a lot of money back then. That's a lot of money now for me. Lot, exactly. <laughs> for, for, for most of us. But, but uh, yes, I mean, I, again, I understood why he took it, and I understand why he was frustrated after, you know, after those years. I mean. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to Jerry Krause. Um, you know, Jerry Krause was very instrumental in bringing Scotty Horace, Tony Kukoc. He traded Bill Cartwright for Dennis and Luke Longley. And, I mean, Without him doing what he did, we probably wouldn't have the dynasty that we have today. However, he was also instrumental in trying to tear the same, the very team down by trying to make trades and only, you know, giving Phil Jackson one more year with the team. You know, you heard the saying, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And it wasn't broke. I mean, there could have been a few changes, but we probably could have got maybe two more rings. Do you agree? What what do you think? Yeah, I think they – and I don't know if they – I mean, none of us can guarantee that they would have won again, but they definitely had enough to, you know, make a couple deep playoff runs. And, I mean, you got Jordan, so, I mean, you got a shot at, at winning it, of course. And, um, right. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Um, I think, you know, I was actually reading something this morning about um, so Tim Floyd. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I would read that, that they had been having conversations for, like, since 1988, I think. I mean, he had been kind of telling like, "Hey, you're gonna be, you're gonna coach this team one day." So, I don't know if 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 Krause just had friends that he wanted to take care of, or he just. I mean, you, you mentioned the Napoleon complex earlier. I think that mm-hmm. had a lot to do. I mean, he's just a guy that mm-hmm. he wanted to power. He wanted to call his shots, and I don't think he ever wanted anything to be. He sort of wanted it to be about him. I think. Yeah, and he, did. he just wanted, and I think that's what caused the problems. And I mean, that happens. I mean, you have people with egos, and that's why a lot of companies fail and <laughs> teams fail. And I think that's just part of it. So, to me, that was probably his biggest issue, and 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 that's why that dynasty ended. Right. And so you do agree that pretty much he he was wanting to break up the team and get rid of Phil Jackson. It was personal. Yeah, I think I think he had built a. I mean, I give Kraus credit for for what he built, and I think he wanted to he wanted to show that hey, I can do this again. Like he can tear it down and, mm-hmm. and build another one, and that didn't work like he thought it would. But I think I think I think you have people in management who think that they always feel like once they, especially when you get a team built to that point, I think you think you can you can do that again. You can keep doing, and he was. I mean, that was amazing the way he. He did not play checker. He played chess putting right. the team together, period. Right. I, I yeah. totally agree. And he felt, you know, people was probably like, oh, my God, you you know, you brought a dynasty. You helped bring a dynasty. But he probably, in his mind, is like, yeah, I can do this again. And, right. And a lot of people were giving Phil the credit for the dynasty and Michael. And mm-hmm. I think he just wanted to – he wanted to show that, hey, I can do this with whoever right. else. he wanted to be – you know, and I don't have a problem with that. But they were so upset with him. Right. For stuff that he was doing behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, right, and that that's and that's what destroyed the team uh, eventually. Yep. I think behind the scenes stuff. So. Exactly, I, I totally agree. And 
you know, when he, I was like, that was so petty. When he invited the team, Tim Floyd, to the wedding, but didn't invite Bill, I was like, right. yeah, the writing is on the wall pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah. That was interesting, yeah. So, well, I know you wanted them to play the entire series last Sunday, but I'm glad they did. <laughs> I, I wanted them to break it up because we don't have anything to do. I mean, right, right, I know, yeah. To do. yeah. So the next four weeks, you know, every Sunday, I think that will be pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah. But you know, I was re- go ahead, I'm ready. go ahead. Yeah, I was reading a, something about it the other day, and I didn't realize this, but, I, I mean, obviously they moved it. It was supposed to be in June, and they moved it up. Mm-hmm. But supposedly they're not even actually like, like the last couple of episodes, like they're not even completely finished with those yet. Like they're still sort of putting the finishing touches well, on still those. they're putting it together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The back end of it. I mean, they got the first right. episode. But, but like those last few episodes, I mean, they said they're going to be pretty much like working up until that last week, you know, putting the, you know, finishing it up. So I just thought that really? was interesting. But, but they knew they had to – they moved it up, I mean, obviously because of <laughs> the coronavirus and all that. And it was, it was a really good move. I mean, I think that – that was so that, that really, yeah, that really helped him out, I think. Oh, I want to go back. Okay, so remember when <laughs> I said Mike snitching. Remember, it's so funny <laughs> how Kim and Kobe are so much alike in so many ways. You know, you yeah. know, I, I was not a Kobe fan, but I respected his game because the dude was, I mean, he was the truth. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Mike. But, yeah. um, I didn't like I didn't like Kobe for that reason, like when he first started. Yeah, Oh, I, I just—I oh. thought he—I thought he was trying too hard to be like Mike. Exactly. Now, this, this was early in Kobe's career. As it I as it progressed, I mean, I had like the most respect for him, and I got a chance to watch his last game here in New Orleans, and I, it was just incredible to just just kind of see that how he evolved as a person. So, uh, so oh. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just wanted to no, kind of no, say that I was the, I was the same way on on, on Kobe at, at the beginning of his career. I, I, and that, and we, I think we had conversations about this probably online or whatever on social media. But I, yeah, I, I was, I despised him for that very reason. However, it was amazing to me, and when you know, you know, I sang for the, I sang for the Dallas Mavericks. So you know, yeah. I would see him come to the games, and <clears throat> you know, I, I kind of, I was like, oh my gosh, am I fanning out? You know, when I would see yeah. him, when I would be on the floor, it was kind of like, dang, there he is. But his last, you know, when he um, retired, I yeah. cried because I was like, this era of basketball is over. We'll never see basketball like, you know, we saw, you know, because Kobe came in right when right. Mike Nim was about to leave. And, you know, like right. all of, everybody is gone, like, from that era almost. And I, it was just like. It was hard, but anyway, I started. I had been following his wife on IG for years, but I started following him. I said, I want to see how he adapts to being without basketball, and that's when I right. fell in love with him because he loved right. his family so freaking much, and it was just amazing. See, I'm just like he's doing well, and he. I'm so thankful that they had that. You know, the last three years of his life, you know, just him, no basketball. Well, he still was doing basketball because he had started with the mama, you know, the mama, right. mama Cedar team. And so, but it was, it was just amazing. But getting back to snitching Mike, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when my boo snitched on the team about, he was like, and all of them, you know, pretty much everybody was in there. They were doing lines. And I was like, Mike. You got to have lines here, weed there, women there, something. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this: Who 
who do you – I kind of have a feeling of one of the persons who was definitely in there. Who do you think was – I'm going to say Quentin Daly. I really think he was one of the uh, players in there. Because Quinn, you know, he had issues with drugs. Really, Yeah, early. yeah. He would be one um, – I'd have to go back and look at that roster. I, I can't even remember who I was on that. Because that was on the – that was his rookie season. Uh, yeah, that was his rookie season. Was Orlando Warriors with them then? I can't remember if he was on that. Um, I wasn't really keeping up the Bulls in 80, you know, in 84 yeah, that year. But Yeah, you know, Reggie so, Seasons, Orlando Warriors, all of them was on that beginning, you know, that, when I first yeah, started right. um, becoming a player. Uh, but I yeah. think Orlando probably was – either he – I can't remember. Either he was there – and he was getting ready to go. But, you know, Charles Oakley was there. Yeah, um, I, I'd imagine Oakley was in there. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine him being in there for yeah. sure. But Quinn Daly, I, I instantly thought about him. I'm like, yeah, he was definitely in there doing lines, I'm sure. Rest in peace. You know, I, I, yeah. I apologize. But I, I, he, was, he was a wild boy. He, I mean, yeah. it was documented. So Yeah. I think we were all shocked with I remember when Michael said that on the show. I was like, whoa, I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm like, and then I just saw a commercial early. I'm like, he just snitched again. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I haven't seen the commercial what, for, for the next episode? Yes. Oh, no, I haven't seen that. He was talking about Dennis. I was like, he's snitching again. Oh, uh, you, well, no, remember when Dennis went to Vegas? And then he was like, man, that man ain't going to be back in time. <laughs> so uh, they they showed that. So that's what I was I was getting to. What are are you looking, because, you know, I'm excited. You know, Dennis is going to be one of the next um, episodes, and I'm excited about that. And just to give you a little, I was actually, I actually thought when when they brought him to the Bulls, I was not happy because he was a bad boy from Detroit. Right. And I actually thought he would try to sabotage the Bulls from winning. I know it don't make any sense. (laughs) I mean, it's a job, but. I wasn't the only Bull fan that felt that way. I was not alone. I just did not trust him at first. And I'm like, he is – because, you know, we hated them. The Bulls. Yeah, yeah. That was hated, yeah. I thought um, – I just didn't know how it would work, but uh, I think Dennis, man, he just – I mean, he knows what his role is on the court, and, and yeah. you know, he's going to go out there and get some rebounds, and, and that's what they need him to do, you know, get rebounds and defend. And uh, So he ended up working, and I thought it ended up being a – Actually, a good match and kind of like the piece they needed, and he gave yep. them that. Yeah, so it, it worked out fine. Yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to just. And I mean, we've we've seen documentaries on uh like they had the thirty for thirty on on Dennis that was yeah. you know, really really well done, and um, so just to kind of see these other guys, you know, just kind of their thoughts, and I'm sure they'll show us some stuff that that we hadn't seen before about him. So um, um, it'll be it'll be fun to see that. I think what's really interesting about this team is that. <clears throat> I always wonder, like, how this team, like, how would Michael, Scotty, and Dennis been in this social media era where mm. everything's under the microscope? Because, I mean, it, it was a different time like that. I mean, you could, I mean, you know, Michael, he gambled a little bit and all that stuff, or maybe more than a little bit. But... I was like, he, he gambled a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to tone it down a little bit. But no. just Im- imagine that, like, in this day when everybody has a, you know, everybody has a, a cell phone, phone and – yeah. Everybody's tweeting that you know it was just been a different and um, someone asked Steve Kerr about that the other night. You know one of the things he said was just just that um, it, yeah it would have been different, but he thinks Mike probably would have handled things differently too. Because I mean you have to you have to adjust. I mean you have to adjust. You know, yeah, yeah, and I, and I think he would have he probably would have known to do that. He would have known that you know he can't be 
just out there like that because everybody's watching now. So, uh, right. But it, it still was a different time, you know, it's just as far as and he, being under, very, under the microscope. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to He's very no. smart and calculated. And he definitely, like you said, he would have made some changes because, um, you know, he was, you know, thank God we didn't have social media back then. I mean, right? Oh yeah, I always tell people that. Like, my life would probably had, be destroyed. Right, <laughs> mine too. I don't even want to think about the stuff I would have. I, I had some friends that were kind of wild too. Like, I don't know what we would have done if with cell phones and, and we were doing crazy oh. stuff in high school. Like, and and yes. we would have been recorded and put it on Snapchat and TikTok, yes. well, whatever you put it on. Yeah, we yeah, yeah we just, yeah. So it, it's hard. I mean to. To be able to to be able to manage that, so. yeah, I'm truly thankful that we did not have it. And if I had this conversation with Wesley a couple of weeks ago, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna let you go. This has just been good. You know, I'm bringing you back to the show, right? Oh, that's fine. Anytime, anytime. But um, we were talking about the difference between these players now, like. Um, LeBron. Oh, I was hoping we'd get to this whole show without bringing him up. That was my, I was about to mention his name early, and I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. We're going to go through go this ahead. whole okay, so, so, okay, so what you want to say about him? Go ahead. No, I don't want to say No, we were talking about the social media part, and I was just, you know, I was just going to mention how LeBron had to sort of play in this social media media era, which to me, and, I, and I'll be up front, I'm, I'm not one of those people. Like most people are either Mike or LeBron. I'm not one of those people. I think both of them are, like, really, really good. I mean, I do think Michael's the greatest player ever. But right. I don't think – I mean, there are some people who don't even think LeBron belongs in the conversation, and I'm not one of those people. I think he's really, really good. And I think the way that he's handled himself in a social media media era with so much pressure and expectations on him since he was 18 years old is, is like, really commendable. Like, he off the court, he hadn't had any baggage at all. I agree, and I and I think that's commendable that he he was able to, to handle those type of expe- expectations and you know and all the comparisons and you know on the court I mean I think Michael's better but I think I do think LeBron is is really really good like I think he's up there in that conversation and so I, I was just gonna say that I mean I think it says a lot that he was able to handle the um, playing in the social media era. I, I I totally agree with everything that you said. Um, it's amazing. Now, I think because he, he's handled his personal life, like you said, he's been really, really good with that. You know, he's family man. You know, he's a great producer with shows. I, I really enjoy a lot of the stuff that he's produced um, on television. Um, did you see the tweet about him? He mentioned um, his show was coming on Sunday night, and everybody was like, man, ain't nobody watching that. We, we watch him. The docuseries. Oh, no, no, I didn't see that, no. So uh, it's been a lot of <laughs> – they've been on him. They've been dragging him about that because – Well, he, yeah, he deserved to get dragged. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, dude, what do you – I mean, okay, okay, listen, okay, so let me – and I put it on my uh, my She Say, She Say sports page. I'm like, no one's obligated to watch the docuseries, but if you're a true basketball fan, you will watch this series because yeah. – it's history. So it was kind of weird for him. To, and, but I was like, he could have been doing both. He could have just been like, because a lot of people were not going to watch it. And he'd be like, hey, um, I forgot the name of the show on NBC. It's a, it's a game show. And I really like it. And oh, okay. he mentioned it. 
And so people was like, man, what are you talking about? You know, ain't nobody watching that. And so, you know, you know black Twitter does not play. So they were right. dragging him. Um, but what was my point I was trying to make? I didn't, oh, my gosh. Um, I think if when he first got into the league, you know, he signed a $90 million new contract before he even played a basketball game. Right. I think if social media was, out back then like it was then, it probably would would have been a lot of pressure for him maybe to live yeah. up to. I, I don't know, but he has really done so well, you know, you know, his background. You know, it's just like he, he plays, he do what he needs to do. He has a little fun. He'll get on social media here and there. You know, right. Kobe didn't do that before. He wasn't really, before right. he um, stopped playing, he wasn't really on social media. You know, his focus was, you know, sports. I got to, you know, I got to do what I need to do. And Michael, because of the era that he comes from, I mean, he's very private. And then a lot of people right. get, you know, mad because he doesn't. He's that's not who he is. He's almost right. six years old. He's not. He's from a different time. And I don't. You know, I guess because I, you know, he's just why he got to post every time he gives somebody money or does something. And you know, they give him a lot of. Um, you know, flat with that. And then, of course, right. you know, they were saying he owned a prison, but it was another man named Michael. It was another Michael Jordan, yeah, yeah, right. It was not him. So it's just like right. they always try to find something wrong with him. And right. that's what makes me angry about it. You know, I'm like, he's human. Even if you make, if, even if, I mean, what you doing with your money? Are you giving to charity? Right. You know, what right. are you doing? Stop worrying yeah. about what other people do with their money. I, I don't know. But, it, you know, I he would definitely have, like you said, adjust. Scotty, all of them would have to adjust, and I'm just glad that we they did. They, I'm glad we didn't have all of that back then because I think it took a, it takes away from the sport sometimes for me. Yeah, it, it does. It does, and um, I mean, I think it has some good points sometimes. Because I, I think sometimes, and I'm in the media, so I mean, sometimes you know we may write something, and sometimes it gives them a voice. Sometimes that. True. In the past, in the past, I mean, if you heard something from Michael, it's because typically because you got it from some the media told you, or exactly. or he or he may have said in the interview. But now, I mean, they can get out there and you know say whatever they want to say now, it, which you know it can be good sometimes because sometimes they may say too much or something they shouldn't right. say. But for the most part, I mean, they they get a chance to to have a voice, which I think is a good thing. What I love the fact, and you're right, but what I love the fact about him is because, you know, they people have been coming for him for years, but you have never heard him defend himself. And sometimes silence is golden. You don't always right. have to defend. You know what you're doing. The people right. in your life know what you're doing. It's, you know, trying to get on social media. And that's why, I, you know, some of these celebrities or athletes, when they do that, even with Dwayne Wade, when he was, Defending his son, and he actually right. could, because you don't come for children. Right. However, we don't know need to know all y'all business either. So when you right. put it out there, there are people with their opinions, and there's some mean people, mean spirited right. people. They're gonna, you know, do what, you know, say whatever. But sometimes you don't need to defend it. It's just, right. you know, let it go. You know what's up, and right. you know, keep it moving. So I think Kevin Durant's a guy who I was using for an example, but he's one of those people who. Like on social media, I mean, sometimes he'll he'll try to defend himself a lot. Like, it, I think 
when you're a celebrity, you really have to block it out because some people are just mm -hmm. talking just to be talking in a way, and they don't really care. So you just got to try to block that stuff out. But a lot of times Kevin Durant is like every little thing he wants to respond to, and you don't really have to do that as a celebrity. I mean, you're, you know, you can kind of <laughs> just he block gone. it out. Or you, yeah, right, he's, yeah, and that's what it is. He, see, and I don't follow, I'm going to follow him on IG. I don't follow him, and I didn't know that. Yeah, and, yeah, he's. Yeah, you, I mean, dude, you just got to take it with the, you got to roll with the punches. I mean, right. You put yourself out there any type of way. You know, everybody is not going to like what you do, right. you know, and that's okay. It's not for everybody. And, but, he, yeah, he's he young, and he needs to get a publicist that will tell him, you know, Katie, just let it go. I <laughs> mean, yeah, it's, it's certain stuff you just can't fight. I mean, because they, it really kind of fuels them to keep going when you do stuff. Right, like when you respond to it, right. Beyonce is perfect. She, a perfect example of, you know, people be saying everything and she don't say a word. She don't say <laughs> nothing. Like, yeah. yeah, she don't say nothing. I mean, and right. they can't. So nobody can really keep. They just let it go. I mean, it's just right. like, I mean, the Bible talks about, you know, just let fools talk. I mean. And yep. I'm just paraphrase them. Just let them say whatever. I mean, yeah. so. Well, I, Rob, we've been on this phone almost an hour. I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, no problem at all. It, it went fast because we were just I having know. a conversation. So that was, that was good. I enjoyed yeah, it. Really good. Anytime okay. you want to have me back on, let me know. It'll probably be next week. So get okay. ready. Um, <laughs> right. I'm, I'm enjoying talking about this series. So, Rob, um, you know, tell people how they can um, – get in contact with you or follow you on social media? Um, well, my phone number is – no, I'm joking. Well, I, um, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm a Capricorn. And, um, <laughs> now, my, um, my Twitter account is uh, Rod Walker Nola, just R-O-D-W-A-L-K-E-R, Nola. And my Instagram is rwalker1906. And that's it. Rod Walker on Facebook, but uh, I don't accept everybody. I don't. I don't accept everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta have at least like ten mutual friends before I even consider um, accepting you. So. <laughs> I barely do that now because I'm like, who is this and who sent you? But no, I'm just kidding. But um, you can follow me on Facebook. She says she says sports, and on Instagram, she says she says sports twenty three, and yeah, I, I have Twitter, but. I really don't be on Twitter as much, and I need to start getting back on there and, um, you know, kind of socializing with my show. But <laughs> I guess. Well, that's all. Thank you. Thanks again for joining me. And that's, okay. all, all, that's all I have for my show today, guys. Until then, this is Sonia with She Says She Says Sports, and I will see you on the radio. Okay, bye. Thank you so much. That was good. I didn't mean to keep you on the phone almost. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. The draft that is tonight, good. so I'll be working tonight. So. Oh, really? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. I guess we can kind of – yeah, I'm going to probably have to bring you back next week to talk about um, the rest of the – Yeah, we can yeah, we can talk about the show. Yeah, that's fine. Just let and me know. We can, and we can talk about <clears> the draft as well because well, I, I, I talked about the draft um, a couple of weeks ago just being, you know, a virtual draft and how – the landscape yeah. of sports is changing. Right. So, but okay. we'll just talk. Yeah, I would like that's going to be interesting um, yeah. to see how it goes tonight. So, kind of, it's kind of going back to the way it used to be anyway back in the day. Right, right, yeah. So, which yep. is, I think, better. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Like, I, mean, um, I, I hate for those kids, though, because I was, I was talking to this guy from New Orleans who you was know, going to get drafted. Uh, they're probably going to the first round, actually, Christian Fulton. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's just kind of talking about how, you know, he kind of hates that he won't get the chance to, because drafted in Vegas, but he won't, he won't get a chance to, you know, hug your mom and dad yeah. and walk on stage. And, you know, that's just something, that's what kids always, you've seen that they your whole life. So they want, yeah, so they look forward to it. So, But instead, he'll just be at his, you know, be at his house tonight, you know, watching it. Yeah. So. Well, yes, it's best to stay safe. And, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. You know, you'll have plenty of time. To, you know, right. I, I, I get it, though. I get yeah. it. So. Yeah. All right, huh? All right. I will well, let, let me know when it goes up, yeah. Oh, I'm going to tag you in it in the morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, no problem. Bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.